Welcome to the Shoreline Community Church Podcast, a community of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. For more information, be sure to check us out online at shorelinecc.com. Today, we're actually wrapping up our series, and it's, it's a series in the immerse, and I, I, I love the Old Testament because the Old Testament, it doesn't hide stuff. The Old Testament shares everything. I mean, you see everything in there. And I've even had friends read it and like, man, God put that in there? I'm like, well, it happened. God doesn't hide things. He brings light to it so that we can learn from it, so that we can engage from it. And as we wrap this up today, the Lord brought me to a significant trans- transition because I believe the Lord is calling us to a season where he wants us to move forward. There are so many things that happen in life, and when we experience these tensions, we just want to go into hiding. We just want to stay at home forever. We just want to lock things up, and, and, and we just want to say, Lord, I've had enough, no more. But it's so important as followers of Christ that we don't disengage from the world, but that we engage. And there are significant things, and it made me think about this transition from King Saul to King David. And we see the beginnings of this happening in 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16, looking at verses 1 through 13. The words are going to come up, but I encourage you to follow along. Powerful section. So, Lord, we pray as we read this today. Lord, your word is light to our feet. It's, it lights the way for us. It shows us how to walk. And it's amazing that I can read the same scripture ten times and get ten deeper truths from it. So speak to us today. Lord, speak. All of us, your servants, we are listening. Use us today to transform our hearts, we pray, by the power of your word. And everyone said together? 1 Samuel chapter 16, it says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. That sounds like a bug, but the Bethlehemite. For I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, do you come peaceably? Now, he said that because a lot, sometimes these prophets came and there was a word of judgment, right? So they're like, are you, is this a good thing? Is this peace? And Samuel said, peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Verse 6, when they came, he looked at Eliab and he thought, this is Samuel. Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward, but the Lord looks on the heart. The Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shema pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Who wants to be next after that line? And Jesse uh, made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest. Who are the babies in the crowd? Last born. But behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for he will not sit down until he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Powerful section. Read it many times. But I believe there are three things as we talk about moving forward today and how the Lord is trying to get us going. There's three things that, that I, I think are very applicable to this moment. And the first thing we're going to talk about is one, learn from and let go of the past. So as it relates to what's happened in our life, we need to learn from it, but then we need to let go. Secondly, as we move forward, 
I believe the Lord is showing us that we need to look in the unseen places, right? We like the familiar. We got the steady coffee house where you walk in. Everyone knows your name, right? You walk in, Dwayne. Thirdly, though, I believe as we move forward, it's so important to recognize because sometimes as we walk this out, right, we learn from let go of the past. We look to the unseen places, but then we start to move and fear fills us. We need to recognize that obedience overcomes fear in our life. So let's look at that first one. First of all, learn from and let go of the past. And this is uh, significant in one of the statements that was here when God said to Saul, uh, God said to Samuel rather, how long will you grieve over Saul? See, we know that in order to move forward that we have to let go of the past, but letting go of the past, how many struggle with letting go of the past, right? It's just, it comes back and you go to bed at night and the past keeps kind of going over and over in your mind. Why is this? Well, we have a lot invested in the past. It's not like all of a sudden we just showed up and now we're going to pay attention, right? There's a lot of things that have happened in the past. We invested a lot in the past. We prayed about the past. We've worked hard in the past. How many of you worked hard over the weekend, right? I, I, I can see dirt from your garden and some of your nails, right? You've been, you've been working hard. There's, there's a lot of hard work there. And we may have even been on the right path because the, the past doesn't mean that was all bad, but there was a lot invested there, a lot of hopes, a lot of dreams in the past, a lot of finances, a lot of emotions, a lot of, a lot of friendships and relational investment. And there were some things that did work in the past. There were victories, there were, there were great relationships, and there were times when we felt God moving in our life. But there were also hard times in the past. Tension is a part of life. It's a regular part of life. And sometimes in our past, we have these difficult moments that we're brought to. And when we go through these hard times... Sometimes it can feel like we're driving a car that's out of control. I'm turning left, but we're not going left. I'm turning right, we're not going right. And the whole thing is just shimmying and shaking. And you're like, man, I need to go to Les Schwab as soon as I can. But when the car is out of control and you finally get it to stop, sometimes we can fall in the trap of going, you know what, I'm just going to put on the parking brake and I'm done. Everyone, anyone ever done that before, right? You're like, this is so out of control. I finally got this car to stop. I'm done. I'm, I'm going to call Uber. I'm going to get one of those e-bikes. I'm just, I'm done with driving. It's, it's too scary for me. And you know, maybe your out-of-control car was a bad relationship or a relationship that broke up during COVID. Or maybe you were hurt by someone that you trusted. Or, or maybe kids in your life are causing some grief to you. Or whatever it may be. Some, you, you, maybe you felt like you were following God and you were doing everything that you heard from the Lord, but it didn't quite turn out the way that you wanted See, these things can cause us to get stuck and say, stop this world, let me off. It's too many pigs in the same trough. Sing with me. Right? You go, I'll never trust anyone again. But here's the thing. If, if we're to move forward, we need to let go of that brake. <laughs> we, need to, we need to release it. See, the car, your car will never go with the brake on. If it does, you're, just, you're, you're causing damage. It's not going to respond. I think sometimes we try to get going, but the brake is still stuck. This was a challenge for Samuel. This was the word of the Lord to Samuel. When the Lord said to Samuel, Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul? How long will you grieve over Saul? Now, it's important to recognize that God didn't say, why are you mourning over Saul? Why are you grieving over Saul? Right? He, didn't, he didn't say it's wrong to mourn. Mourning is a very healthy part of our, of, of our growth. Mourning is very healthy. You know, it's, it's important that we go through that. And as a community, we've gone through that over, uh, over the last several years as we've said goodbye to some wonderful people. Mourning is important. But we can't stay there. And in order for Samuel to move on, he had to let go of Saul. See, to move forward, we also need to learn from the past. You know, there's this quote, it's been attributed to a lot of people, but I'm going to peg this on Winston Churchill right now, who said, those who do not learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. Have you heard that before? Those who do not learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. See, God's not calling us to forget everything. Yeah. History is a great teacher. I wish I paid more attention in high school. History is a great teacher, and God is calling us to learn and to move forward to, so that we're not confused by our history, but we're also not controlled by it, but we're learning from it. Two key lessons that I believe are pulled out here that we need to learn from the past that the Lord was pouring out to Samuel and he's pouring it to us is one, we, we, we need to learn how to make judgments, right? How we are to judge things, but we also need to have a good lesson on what obedience means, what obedience looks like. So that first one, how do we judge? Well, God laid it out very clearly. 
We judge by looking at the heart. Now, only God can clearly see the heart of a person. But we need to recognize that it's not all the things that are on the outside. And, and even that, that word literally, like the out, that word outward, it literally means face, to look at the face. How many of you looked at your face when you woke up this morning? <laughs> all right? I did. Not because I'm proud of it. But, you know, but you know, the face is the first thing, so we do our very best, right? I shaved around my beard. I even trimmed my beard for you guys today. Because that's the first thing that people see, and hygiene is very important. But we need to recognize that all those things, you take care of them, you be a good steward of what you got. But we need to recognize that God looks at the heart. See, one of the first things that was said about Saul was how handsome he is, that he stood head and shoulders above everybody else. But none of these things saved Saul. His good looks didn't save him. His warrior abilities didn't save him. None of those things saved him. See, what broke Saul's leadership was his heart. So we need to be aware of that and go, God, how is my heart before you today? Secondly, and I believe it's connected to that, is the Lord is teaching us a lesson from the past on obedience. Saul's image was so important to him that it affected his obedience. He allowed his image, he allowed his perception, he allowed, you know, if he was around today, I mean, like, how many likes he got on social media? How are people feeling about me today? That won out over his concern about, am I obeying God? Saul was so concerned about his image that it often caused him to not obey God completely. You know, a line from Princess Bride, he obeyed God mostly. Mostly. See, he only obeyed the parts that he thought made him look good or that benefited his life or that worked out for him. See, Paul, the reason why Saul was rejected, that as it related to all these things, even when he mostly obeyed God and he disobeyed and when it was brought to his attention, he didn't repent of it. He didn't deal with it. See, to be clear, Saul wasn't rejected because he messed up because we all messed up. And King David was the apple of the Lord's eye. But you, you keep reading, King David messed up. There were challenges in his life. Saul was rejected because he never dealt with this. When it was brought to his attention, he never sincerely dealt with it. He seemed to live by the model, it's easier to ask forgiveness than to get permission. How many of you have said that to your mom and dad before? <laughs> or you walked that out, right? I know they're going to say no, so I'm just going to do it because Dwayne's a pushover. <laughs> right? If I just go to him and cry a little bit, I'm sure none of my kids have done that, have they? It's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. And this is the great tragedy of Saul because does God forgive us? Yes. Wherever you are, a sincere heart the Lord will never deny. But true repentance is not just about saying the right words. True repentance is so deep that it actually goes about changing the way that we think. It's not just saying sorry so that you can get off the hook. True repentance, I love, I love that, 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 that Greek word, that metanoia, which means a change of mind. That repentance is that ruthless dismantling of old ways of seeing and thinking. And then it's a diligent, diligent building of new ones. See, true repentance is not just about saying I'm sorry. It's saying I don't want to do that again. What I did hurts you, and I'm sorry for it, and I'm going to dismantle all of those things that take place. It involves everything from, from, from like, 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 like for me, I have a big potato chip uh, crisis in my life. And, and I'm, that may seem funny, but I mean, with chips, it is just in there. So if I want to be healthy, I've got to get rid of them. But for, but for some, and maybe, you know what? Having a social media account can be so detrimental. <laughs> or having Netflix can be so detrimental. Anything wrong with Netflix? No, there's great things on Netflix. But anything that gets in the way of our obedience to God, anything that gets in the way of us living the life that God has called us, it needs to be dismantled. Because I want to live a life that is obedient to God. To God. Unfortunately, Saul's actions showed this lack of repentance. It showed that Saul was more concerned over his image and how he looked and the condition of his own heart. He, just, he wanted to sweep things under the rug. We read earlier in this series about the sacrifice. He was supposed to wait for Samuel, but he's like, let's just get on with it. And, and he did the sacrifice himself. And went, as it related to the Amalekites, he wasn't supposed to keep any of the treasure for himself, but he kept it for himself. When Samuel showed up and said, I hear sheep bleeding, you weren't supposed to keep anything, Saul. Paul, King Saul was guilty 
of what many of us have done today. We obey the parts we agree with. I like this part of God. But the parts we struggle with were like, did God really say? Which incidentally is the words that Satan spoke to Adam and Eve. Did God really say that? Did he really mean that? See, this is the greatest tragedy. Because today I, I, I believe that there are many that agree with God, meaning they agree that he exists and they agree that the Bible is true. But there are becoming fewer and fewer who really receive God, meaning that they follow him with their whole heart and that the idea of going against God would just, they're just like, God, I want to be made right, purify my heart. See, God is not after just simple agreement. It is a complete surrender of our life. Because, see, when we disagree, we omit and justify. And 90% obedience is not enough. You know, when I bought my home, it was a 1940s home, I was praising the Lord, thank you, God, but I knew there was a lot of work to do. One of the first things I had to do was get a new roof on it. There was a, about this much moss on it. There was four layers, coat is two. There was, like, crushed beer cans kind of holding things together up there. So I knew I needed a complete roof. Not one roofer came and said, if you hire me, I will make your roof 90% leak-proof. Would you hire someone instead? it'll work 90% of the time? The correct answer would be no to that. Even if I had a roofer that said, you know what, this is 99% waterproof. There's a few holes here and there, but don't worry about it. How much water does it take getting through a roof to ruin your home? Very little. Just walk through our back hallway here and see the water damage that's, that's coming together. It takes very little. How much poison will you allow to go in a brownie and still eat it? None. I love brownies. But if you say there's a little bit of poison in it, I'm going to be pushing that away. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make sure that nobody can get to that because I don't want to hurt them. We don't come to the Lord with partial obedience. When we do that, God is no longer the king of kings and lord of lords in our life. He is, but he's not in our life. We treat God like a consultant, someone who works for us. When it's good for me, I'll take it. When it's not, it's there. That's a consultant. God is king. He doesn't share his throne with anyone, even you or me. See, if we're to move forward, we need to learn from the past, and we need to let go of the past, and we need to walk in just that reverent obedience with the Lord. But as we move forward in God, we also must learn to look in the unseen places. David was in an unseen place. The future king of Israel was in an unseen place. And God didn't bring Samuel straight to David. Samuel had to look at all the brothers first because sometimes we need to see the no in order to see the yes. Have you done that? You're walking with God and you just see a bunch of no's, a bunch of closed doors, and the Lord just used those to orchestrate you to the yes that he had. But see, God was there to remove all doubt because Samuel, he had an image of what a king should look like. Remember how, how King Saul was described as a handsome young man, that there was not a man among all the people of Israel more handsome than he was. And from his shoulders upward, upward, he was taller than any of the people. Now, as we talked about earlier, that didn't mean he had a long neck like a giraffe, right? It just meant he was just a tall, he was, he was a big dude. And Samuel was looking for someone like Saul, tall, strong, and handsome, this mighty warrior. And Jesse's older sons, they had that look. He looked in front of him and said, surely this is the man of God right here. But see, God was teaching Samuel. He's teaching the nation of Israel, and I believe he's teaching all of us this lesson. And the lesson is what we said earlier. Do not look on the outward appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. The cover of the book, don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge a movie by the trailer. So for the Lord sees, not as a man sees, Man looks at the outward, but the Lord looks at the heart. So God makes it clear. He removes all doubt. Not that one, not that one, not that one. Seven sons. No, 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 no. Where's David? Where's David? And where was David? He was in the unseen places. David was doing things and experiencing victories in his life that only God knew about. Killed the lion, killed the bear, protected the sheep. David worshipped in a place where only God knew about it. He wasn't putting his songs out on Spotify. He was just, it was just him and the Lord. And we have a lot in the Psalms, but can you imagine how many songs there were of David, just him and the Lord, just playing? 
He wasn't looking for stage. He wasn't looking for stardom. He wasn't looking for anything. He was expressing his praise to the Lord. Even though no one applauded, even though no one said, great job, man, that was a great song today. Pastor Dwayne, when you played that piano, man, that was wonderful. David didn't get any of that. It was just him and the sheep. Sheep don't encourage you. (laughs) Sheep say, you got any more food, David? Right? David was there for God. See, David, he had to trust the plan. That God was more concerned about his preparation because a building is only as good as its foundation. That's why when you buy a house, you look at the foundation and go, how's the foundation? All this I can build, but if the foundation is bad, that's going to be a lot of money. See, God was building a foundation so that when the time came, David would be ready. And this is the word to us. We don't need to worry about being seen. We don't need to worry about doors of opportunity opening for us. God is our promoter. If God has it for you, it's going to happen. And if God doesn't have it for me, I don't want it. I do not want to be distracted from anything that the Lord has for me. That's why often if you want to see what God is doing, not always, but you often have to look at the margins. Where are the unseen places? Where's the person who's living for God that no one sees and the fire is burning deep inside them though no one sees it? I picked that person. I picked that person. We need to look where no one is looking. If you want to move forward today, look for the unseen areas, but also look at the unseen areas of your life. Wash your face, brush your teeth. If you have any hair, comb it. But look at the heart. Look at the heart. God, what would you do in my heart today? What would you do in my life today? That's what's going to make or break you in your life, the unseen areas. And then thirdly, if we are to move forward, not only do we need to learn from the past and let go of it, not only do we need to look to the unseen areas around us and go, who's serving the Lord that no one sees? And look at those unseen areas of my own life. What character is God? What foundation is the Lord building in my life? We need to recognize that as we start stepping, there's going to be some fear that's going to come up in our life. Have you ever, the Lord spoke something to you and you're starting to step out and fear overwhelms you? We need to recognize that as it relates to fear, obedience overcomes fear. If you want to deal with the fear in your life, start obeying. Now, the first steps, tough. But obedience will always overcome that fear. And see, Samuel is scared of the plan, and it's a real threat, right? Samuel said to the Lord, he said, how, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he's going to kill me. And Saul was not known (laughs) for being very forgiving. See, Samuel, he heard the the Lord. He confronted the king Saul, and he's like, can I be done? I heard you. I confronted. I gave the message and all that. But he still had a little bit of fear because there was more that God had for him to do. And carrying it out, even though Samuel knew it was the right thing, there's a little bit of fear. And sometimes fear can even just be the butterflies. And I love what one person said, that the greatest things in their life happened after the butterflies. (laughs) Right? It's that little bit of tension, that little bit of fear, whatever it is, and you press through the butterflies and you do it, and this amazing thing happens. We walk in that. But for Samuel, it's one thing to tell the king that it's over. God has rejected you. It's another thing to put things in place for that next leader that will dethrone him. That's a whole new step. See, there are times when we hear God and we believe God and and we say the right things, but when it comes to carrying it out, we hesitate. (laughs) I said the right thing, I heard the right thing. I know this direction, get moving. Boy, I don't know God. Let me just wait for a minute. Are you sure, God? I want to make sure now. You said this. Is this how you want me to go? See, taking action is where we hesitate. But we need to recognize that as as believers and followers and disciples of Jesus, we have faith in us. And the Bible even says that we only need the faith the size of a mustard seed. Now, I'm not growing mustard in my backyard, but that's a teeny, tiny, small seed. And the faith of a mustard seed can move mountains. We know what mountains look like. I believe we have have, have the best, Much, much larger than the ones I saw in Tennessee. Do you like our mountains? I'm like, where? <laughs> See, we need to recognize we've been deposited faith, but faith without works is dead. 
And I've said this many times, but Dr. Tony Evans says it so well. He's like, we don't need more faith in our life. We need more feet to our faith. We need to walk it out. God has given us everything that we need. He's given us his word that we can study. We have commentaries online. We have so many teachers online that we can go to and find what it is. We have all the knowledge that we need. We need to put action to the things that we know that are true. We need to have feet to our faith that as we walk, we see mountains will move in front of us. But we need to walk. We need to step out. We have so many things. We're gathered here today. We're gathered online. We're in groups. We're studying. We have so many Bibles. We have a free Bible. If you're new here today, I have a free Bible for you that even has some notes in it for you. It's our gift to you. We know the word of the Lord. Now, there are little nuances that we're going. He's guiding us and leading us, but there are so many of the big things in life. It's in black and white. We need more feet to our faith to step out and say, God, what would you have me do? See, saying the right things, posting the right things, sharing the right things, it's not the same as doing the right things. It's one thing for me to say that I love my wife, Stephanie, and I do. But I need to put action behind that. She knows I've got her back. That whatever's going on, her dreams are now my dreams. As she hears the voice of the Lord walking together, we're now walking together in one. There needs to be feet to that love. Love is sacrificial. Love is not agreement. Love is a sacrifice laying down our lives. That's what love is. And as it relates to faith, it's stepping out. God calls us. And you may say, God, I don't know how to walk. And God's saying, just get moving. I'll lead you along the way. Be listening along the way. That I'm not leaning in my own understanding, but in all my ways I acknowledge him. And he directs my path. That's the walk of a faith-filled servant of Jesus. Filled with the love, filled with the power of God. Allowing faith to be activated as we move. So Samuel says, to, says, to, says to God, he says, you know, what, how can I do this? Saul will kill me. And I think it's interesting that God's, it, 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 he doesn't even say, a, they're there, they're there, right? He's, he's like, no, get going. God's response to this is, get on with it. He says, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord and invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do and you shall anoint him whom I declare. I think it's really important for us to pay attention that in this, when Samuel says, he will kill me, what does God do? God brings him to worship. Go get a heifer, go get the oil, and go. You're going to do your job, you're going to lead him in worship, you're going to do what I've called you to do. See, this act of worship, this was one of the roles of a prophet, was leading people in worship. And I think it's a word for us that when we get paralyzed with fear, we just need to step in our calling and say, God, I've no, I know you've called me to do this, and I'm ready to go forward. Because when we step in our calling, we're walking in the obedience of God, and he's alive in us, pushing us forward. And that obedience will dispel all the fear. It doesn't mean there's no more butterflies, but God, I'm stepping in faith, and if I go down, I'm going to go down serving you. Though they slay me, yet I will still serve you, but I'm going to go down obedient to you and saying, God, I'm here. I am here. I'm obeying you. I'm walking. I'm trying to listen to you. See, the lesson from Saul is that we are never to allow the perception of, of how others will respond prevent us from being obedient to God. Step forward in your calling. What gifts has God given you? Step forward in them. Use them for the glory of God. Whatever it is, to the very best of your ability. If you're feeling weak right now, if you're feeling tired right now, you're feeling fear with anxiety right now, start stepping in that calling and see what happens. Some of the most fearful moments in my life have been overcome as I stepped out. And some of the biggest moments in my life have been when I've had people saying, you're a fool, that's stupid, God wouldn't ask you to do that, why are you walking away from it? And I would step with all this fear, and it felt like no lack of support. Sometimes I felt like Elijah who said, am I the only one? And God said, no, there's, there's hundreds. You're, you're not the only one serving me, Elijah. And sometimes we can feel that way, but as we walk and as we step in it, we recognize, we feel that rush coming in. We feel that power of the Spirit because it accompanies our obedience. Are you hearing that today? Whatever God has called you to do, Walk in the obedience. If we would be a church filled with the power of God, filled with the love of God, filled with the spirit of God, walking in love that God speaks, and we step not arrogantly, but we step lovingly with grace. He came in grace and truth. The truth is there, but it's front-loaded with grace so people can hear it. Grace doesn't compromise. Grace lays it out in front. That's the power of God. That's the power of God. And it's so beautiful here that Samuel's response was what? He obeyed. Way to go, Samuel. Yeah. 
Samuel obeyed. It said, Samuel did what the Lord commanded. And he, and he came to Bethlehem. He walked in the power of God. He walked in the favor of God. He walked in the grace of God. See, never ever forget that when you walk with God, you're walking in obedience. <laughs> you're walking with God. You're walking in his power. You're walking in his provision. We would love for that to be, okay, God, you put this much in my bank account because this is going to cost some money. Uh, you bring these people for this team. I want that person. I want this person. I want this to come through. And you provide all the things. You put all those things in place, and then I'll walk. That's not how it works. Why? Because that puts us in the power seat. <laughs> He's not our consultant. He's king. If he says go, I will go. If he says step out of the boat in the storm, I will step out of the boat in the storm. We need to be walking in such a way especially in the day that we're in, with all the tensions, with all the fighting. Even the body of Christ is divided. And it breaks my heart. If we would just walk with the Lord, and say, Lord, this is your kingdom. Your will be done. Thy kingdom come. Can you imagine what a different Seattle it would be? see a body of Christ so loving and again by love I'm talking sacrifice they've laid down their life they've given everything they've walked with people they're praying for people they're hearing the voice of the Lord that wherever you go wherever you're meeting people you're saying Lord speak to me now and you're flowing in that moment can you imagine what this would be like see we just need to walk with the Father when I walk with my dad, everything's taken care of. My dad's driving, my dad owns the car, my dad's buying lunch. My dad's coaching me along the way, telling me everything I need to do. When we need to stop, he stops. When I need to go, he goes. That was the father I had. When I trusted my dad, I had a better time. When I rebelled against my dad, may God help me. Because I was, I was walking away, I was in tension, but when I'm flowing, there's nothing so beautiful. And the world sees. They see, you have something I've been looking for my whole life and I've never found it. What is this? How we treat each other. See, God is calling us to move forward. And some of you, you've been in, you've been in a dark valley. You've gone through deep waters. You've, and you said, God, where are you? Where are you? Some of you, you put that brake, you stepped out of the car, and you've been like, I'm done. God's calling you to get back in the car. He's calling you to step up. He's calling you to step in. He's calling you to say, will you trust me now by letting me take the wheel? And allow him to do that, amen? Would you stand together? And as you stand, just say, Lord, if this is your prayer, Lord, speak to me, I'm listening. Use me, oh God, open my heart. Some of you may need to confess to the Lord, this is your moment, this is your time, this is when you align your life with God and say, God, forgive me. Forgive me and use me, oh God. Lord, I don't want to be, I don't want to be like Saul, rejected. Only taking the things that I agree with and ignoring the others. God, I want to have a, a heart after you. Speak to me, Lord. As we just take a moment here to respond, this is a holy moment. You, you see all the questions up here. They're, they're projected for you. They're also on the, on the Church Center app that you can look at. But just all these things, what do you need to learn from them? What do you need to let go? Some of you may need to let go of some things today. You're just holding on to it. And it's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit to go, God, I trust you. If that's you, just do that now. You don't need to wait for anything. Just say, Lord, Help me to release this to you. And, in, and that look to the unseen, that was another area that really just stands out to me in this moment. What are the unseen? Is there somebody that you're overlooking? Or is there a part of your life that you're ignoring and say, I'm not ready to get rid of that. I'm not ready to deal with that. Man, do not forgo what God would speak to you in this moment. Do not forgo what God would do right here and right now. 
Amen. So Lord, as we respond today, we respond. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Let me encourage you. Don't let this just be a moment. As we've talked about those three things, learn and let go. Let this be your devotion for the week. God, what do I need to learn from the past and what do I need to let go of in the past? Because that's an ongoing work. That's not just like I said a prayer. Amen. I'm free. It's a process. It's a work. It's a transformational work that takes place that you may need to get with somebody and say, you know what? The Lord spoke to me on Sunday morning and I, can we get together? Can we just have coffee? Can we just talk about this? Can we just lay it out? You know? Let's go kayaking together and talk about it. It's, it's beautiful outside. Whatever your thing is. But then that second part of it as well. We learn from the past. We let go of the past. What are the unseen areas the Lord's doing? You may need to talk to somebody you trust and go, you know what, here's something going on in my life that I, I need some accountability in. Accountability is good. It transforms us. Or maybe there's somebody you've been ignoring and the Lord brought that name to you. Like, I need to go talk to them. And then obedience. You and the Holy Spirit. Where do I need to step forward in obedience? I'm scared. And sometimes we're scared because we just haven't taken that step, right? It's like, it's like the person that, I used to do a lot of cliff jumping as a kid into water, very safe, okay? No matter what my mom said, it was, it was a cliff in front of me. The more I stood there, the more scared I got. But when I just, again, very safe, into the water, it's all great. I'm not saying go out and find a cliff, okay? But I'm saying sometimes the Lord's just saying, take a step. And it feels like a cliff. It feels but God's just saying, I've got you where I've called you. And as a kid, it was only five feet, but I stepped off. It was there. But there was, it was so refreshing, that water, and just swimming in it with my friends. And I'm praying that happens in your life this week. Amen. Lord, help us to walk forward, to move forward. Learning from but letting go. Looking to the unseen areas and walking in obedience. In your name, Jesus. And everyone said together, amen. Today, moving forward, Pastor Stephen Melora moving forward <laughs> in this. And as, as we walk forward today, we want to take some time, some time to, to, to honor them. And I'm, and I'm going to call Pastor Stephen and Melora up here in a minute. Today marks 15 years of faithfully serving Shoreline Community Church for Pastor Steve. Can we... Give thanks for that. 15 years. <laughs> 15 years of faithfully serving. 10 of those years were with Pastor Bob. Over these last 15 years, many things Pastor Steve's been involved with, but on missions. He's been involved in overseeing the building. He's involved in care. One of the things that I continually hear people say is how much Pastor Steve loves people. Would you agree with that? And how well he cares for people. And as we gather together with the team, he brings up there's this person and there's this person and there's this, there's this person. And he, he always refers to the seniors as, as the beautiful seniors. And he gets together with them on Zoom. And, I'm, and there are seniors in that class that are better at Zoom than some of the younger people. <laughs> Faithfully getting together. So many things. Our Northwest ministry leader, Dr. Donald Ross, uh, went, went, when he heard about this, Pastor Steve Malore, he, he sent a special message to you. So this is Dr. Donald Ross, Northwest Ministry Network that we're part of, the Assemblies of God. He's our leader. He's, he's, he's my boss. Here's what he said. He said, Steve Malora, on behalf of the Northwest Ministry Network, thank you for your faithful service of 15 years to Shoreline Community Church. We are grateful for how the Lord has used you both. We are very grateful for God's grace on your life as you have faced various physical challenges these, fast, these last few years, Melora. As a fellow fisherman, Steve, I'm grateful for your focus on fisher of men. And we pray God's blessing on this next chapter of your life and ministry. Dr. Donald Ross, Northwest Ministry Network leader. You know, we, um, before I took off for the wedding, uh, wanted to do, do kind of one last outing as a team. And so we got on the ferry together, and we went across to, you know that little crate place over there? You cross on the ferry, and it's right there. If not, you should all go there today for lunch. So we, we as a staff, we got on the ferry, went across, and on the way back, we, we just sat together on the ferry. And all of our team members started going around the circle. We just sat down and said, what comes to your mind? What comes to your heart as you think about Pastor Steve? 
And so many things came out, but there, one of the key things that came out, and one of the things that I've appreciated about Pastor Steve is your, your, your wisdom, Pastor Steve. He's been here for 15 years, but you've been a pastor over 45 years. Over 45 years. Well done, my friend. 45 years. The wisdom, the stability, the strength. Walking with God through good times and through bad. Um, when, when we did our online recording on Friday, you know, I, I said, for, for, for most people, I've seen fire and I've seen rain is just a lyric by James Taylor, but you've literally seen that and witnessed that. And through all of that, you've, you've seen the sunny days again, and you're walking that out together. We talked about the wisdom. We talked about the faithfulness. Faithfulness is lived out. It is not dependent on the weather. It's not dependent on the things around you. But 15 years here, over 45 years as a pastor. But Steve, you've also been a faithful husband. I've heard Melora say that about you. Just the faithful, steady rock that you've been. You, you say some very good things about her, but she says very good things about you. Your faithfulness. Faithful father. Faithful father. And now faithful grandfather. But the, these are, whoa, yeah. <laughs> Faithfulness is something in a world that is upside down and going about. When you see somebody who's, who is faithful, faithful to God that translates in faithful to their friends, to their family, to those around them. That's something we can learn from. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for that. Another, another word that came out as our staff was sharing was the word steady, that you've been steady. That through all of life's changes, you've always served the Lord and you've, all been, you've always been faithful to him. You know, when Jesus was in the storm, he slept. The disciples were freaking out. But Jesus slept and he was like, why are you worried? The Lord is with us and the Lord is with Pastor Steve. And through all of this, you've been steady. Another word, it's a word that gets tossed around a lot, but it's that word love, that you have loved the church, you have loved the body of Christ. And every time that we meet and we talk about it, you talk about how much you love the body of Christ, how much you love the precious people. Whether it's one of our youngest, Willow. Willow loves being with you. She cries with me, but she giggles with you. It's that grandfather touch. Or whether it's our, it's our oldest seasoned saint, you love them all. You love them all. You love the body of Christ. You love people. And you also love, as, we, as we've talked about today, with moving forward. You know, my conversations with Pastor Steve, when we talk about move, move, moving forward, you get excited. You get more excited than you do with salmon fishing when you talk about the body of Christ moving forward. And one of his prayers for us is that we would move forward as the body of Christ. One of his prayers for people, one of his prayers for his family, one of the prayers for everything is that aspect of moving forward and praying for all of us. But we have a few things that we'd like for you to bring up. So would you show your appreciation for Pastor Stephen Malora as they join me on stage today? There you go. <laughs> I love you guys. You're getting around really good. <laughs> well, before you had to go up the back way, come around. So, uh, first of all, people keep trying to take these flowers from me. I've had several people try to take them away from me. But um, you are a gardener, master gardener. As a matter of fact, he gave us some flowers to give to Steph Stephanie's sister. And so, just as a sign of our appreciation, we'd like to give these flowers to you. For 15 years of, of ministry, uh, as, as a church, we always give a gift at the five-year markers, and you are at 15. So congratulations, and thank you, Pastor Steve, for all of your work and faithfulness. And there's a gift card in there. You guys can fight over which one is which and kind of do it. But this is just, a, it's just a, an appreciation from us. So I uh, wanted to give Pastor Steve an opportunity to just kind of share uh, anything that's on your heart. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor. And it has truly been an honor and privilege. You can be seated. I'm 
not going to preach, I guarantee, but, but I just want to make sure to take time to thank you. And uh, it has been a relational uh, connection through these 15 years. I've had to say goodbye to some very dear friends. I counted 88 memorials. Mm. And, and I can say that that was tough to say goodbye to some of the sweet loved ones, sweet seniors. And it's been a journey of relationship building together, uh, seeing God's hand, seeing miracles. Mm -hmm. In fact, it was right here, right yeah. on this spot, right here, where the Lord brought Melora back to life. Yeah. I believe that's the best way to, to frame it. And, and God continued to do miracle after miracle yeah. and help us through some tough seasons. And you have been there for us. I want to thank Pastor Dwayne and Stephanie. You have been the first responders. And the day I found out Melora has leukemia, I went right in to Pastor mm -hmm. Dwayne's office, interrupted a meeting with Pastor Dwayne and Stephanie, said, I need prayer. Yeah. And we prayed together. Uh, Pastor Dwayne was there when Melora started to speak her first words mm -hmm. after her cardiac arrest. <laughs> they were good words. They were funny words, yes. <laughs> They're my favorite words. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were there the night her house caught fire. And I remember we set out in the, the uh, Red Cross mm -hmm. mobile unit, tried to figure out what next. <laughs> and just... Um, been a lot of very rich, deep experiences together through these years. And I, I think I'd like to just pray a, a prayer blessing because, as Pastor Dwayne mentioned, this church moving forward is so important. It's so important to me and to, to both of us that we see this church continue to, to grow and to, and to thrive and to reach these communities around us. And there's a lot of work, so we need your help. But I just want to pray that. Yeah. And um, Father, right now, we just pray this prayer. Lord, first of all, over our pastor, Pastor Dwayne and Stephanie, Lord, I know they have a heart of passion to see this church grow. This church is your bride. This church is family. And Lord, we want to see this church thrive. And so I pray for that vision and passion and uh, strength, Lord, over Pastor Duane and Stephanie. Lord, that they would just uh, day by day just know what they should do and how to move forward and how to love the sheep and how to see victory after victory and, and meet the challenges that are ahead. Lord, I know there's going to be challenges ahead. Lord, but that's where the victories lie, and that's where you're going to work in the midst of this, of this church family. So I just pray, God, pour down your strength and your vision and your power yes, on Pastor Dwayne and Stephanie. And Lord, for the church board, this wonderful board that we have, Lord, such great leaders and a heart to see this church thrive as well. And Lord, I just pray, give them wisdom. And Lord, for this church family, this body, I pray, Lord, that they would be unified, that they would uh, just uh, see the work that needs to be done, that they don't even have to be asked. They just jump in and, and with delight and with joy, Lord, to see your kingdom built. And Lord, we expect to hear great things, great blessings in the, the, the weeks and months and years ahead for this church. Lord, I believe the best years are ahead. Lord, let that Holy Spirit that we sensed in that last prayer meeting, let that blow through this yes, church Lord. body in yes, a very Lord. powerful way, God, yes, that it would just ignite hearts yes, to see your work thrive, Lord, to see lives changed one at a time, God. And that's my prayer. That's my yes. prayer for this church family. That's my blessing that I want to leave here. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Now, we're going to pray over you now. I'd like to invite you to stand up, and if you extend your hand out. We, we want to pray for them in this season, 
in this season. And any board members that are here, if you'd like to, like to join me on stage, you're welcome to come up and pray over them as well, any of our leaders. I'd say everybody, but then you'd all come up. So, <laughs> But let's just pray. Let's just pray and let's, let's uh, surround them. Surround them with prayer. Amen. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for the gift of Pastor Steve and Melora. Amen. For the precious gift. Their love is evident. Their, your word says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And Lord, that has been their strength. That joy of knowing you in every season. The joy of the Lord has been their strength. It's been alive in them and it's, and it's flowed over to everyone around them. So Lord, we thank you for the gift that they have deposited here. Lord, the seeds that they have sown, the, uh, Lord, the seeds that they have watered, that now, Lord, we, I'm, that we, as Pastor Steve just prayed, Lord, that season of growth we are praying for. And Lord, I pray for them, Lord, that as they move forward, God, that you would guide them, you would lead them, you would direct them, Lord, in these next steps that they are taking, you would empower them, oh God. Lord, that uh, as they step forward, they would sense you and hear your voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. Fill them with your power. Fill them with your spirit. Lord, be in their families, be in their children, be in their grandchildren. And Lord, generations from now, should the Lord tarry, Lord, may those seeds continue to grow in their family and through the ministry that they have done. We give you thanks, and we pray a prayer of blessing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, through whom we can do all things, because you have given us strength. You have given them all the strength that they need. And we give you thanks in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said together, amen, amen. amen. We love you guys. We love you guys. <laughs> amen. There you go. <laughs> Well, amen. Feel, feel free to hang out, but this is our benediction that we're going to say, say, say together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.